I go in May of 2008, and I literally fell in love with this thing. I love the education, I love the knowledge, I love the program, I love the science, I love the workout. There's definitely something special about this place, and and I know I, I've been here for you know going on four years now, and you can't quite put your finger on it when you walk in in the first year, but there's definitely something special here. Uh, I remember my first cl client, I was, so it was 2003, I actually had just turned 21. Her name was Kathy Coppers. She drove in from Navasota to train with me. She was uh, at the school over there. I had no idea that CrossFit was going to become such a large program and that it was going to take off. And I don't think I've ever known the next move <laughs> until probably now. I, I have a feeling that I, I have direction, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not. I mean, nobody can tell you what's going to happen tomorrow or in two years or in 10 years. Um, but there is a difference between knowing where you're going and not knowing where you're going. Welcome back to the uh, Building Better podcast. Uh, I'm not Charlie Lima. Uh, I'm Chris Rea. Uh, Charlie and I um, have discussed a little bit. And we're going we're gonna to change things up a little bit. We're going to try something new. Uh, we hope you guys like it out there. And we're going to pick a topic. And I'm going to interview Charlie on it. Everybody knows Charlie. He's been um, he he's been the owner of this gym ever since its inception. And I think Charlie has a lot of knowledge out there uh, that he could share with everybody. And I, I know I learn from Charlie every day. And I know uh, most of y'all out there listening do. So, um, so Charlie, I think what uh, what I'd like to talk about first um, is is I think everybody here has heard your nutrition story. I think most of the people here. Um, have heard your nutrition story. It's a fascinating story, and I love it. But I think what what I think what most listeners uh, haven't heard is the story of the gym. Right? Is mm. is how the gym came from? You know, day one physical fitness trainer, PT trainer Charlie working at Planet Fitness or wherever you were um, to where it is today. Because I think most of the people uh, on this podcast would agree with me. There's definitely something special about this place, and and I know I have been here for you know going on four years now, and you can't quite put your finger on it when you walk in in the first year, but there's definitely something special here, and I'd like to kind of unpack that today with you, and Absolutely. and and kind of start your start your uh, start your journey. So so just kind of talk, tell me a little bit about how you started and how it got from A to B. Yeah, so it's I mean it's a. It's a really long story, but we'll try to keep it short, obviously, because uh, everybody knows I can talk. But so I was in college, had you know really no knowledge as to what I was going to do. Um, I was 20 years old. I started working at a little nutrition store. It was called NutriTech, and it was like a Smoothie King or GNC type small mom and pop shop. And working the front desk selling nutritional products already had kind of started my fitness journey. And just really enjoyed, you know, kind of helping people with picking what supplements to buy. And, and you know, we put people on meal plans. We, we had guys that wanted to gain weight. So we'd help them, you know, mix and match products. And then the guy that I worked for, his name's Cliff Latham. And he was private training in the back of the store. This was 2002. So personal training studios weren't popular. They weren't kind of a, as much as you see them today. Um, and he was doing private training in the back of the store and he had a good amount of clients. And uh, I remember specifically one day he said, Hey, would you be interested in personal training? And you know, at the time I didn't really know a lot about personal training. I knew I loved to work out and I really enjoyed people. And I, but at that time it wasn't the right time because I had other things that I was pursuing in school and di different activities. And so I said, you know what, right now I'm just, I can't say yes. 
And about three or four months later, uh, the what I was going after, or what I really wanted to do in school, was a, a position, uh, you know, for A and M, and I didn't get it. And uh, I was devastated, so to say the least, it was something that I really wanted, but it also opened up the door and the opportunity for me to start private training. And a lot of times when I share that with people, I say, you know, sometimes in life you don't get what you want, but you don't know the future, and God does. And so at that moment, it was very hard for me, but at the same time, that's why I started private training. So if that didn't happen, I can't say that this wouldn't be what it is. So. So let, yeah, let me ask you, Charlie. From that moment when you um, when you didn't get the position at A and M, and and um, you started private training, did you know instantly like I'm going to do this the rest of my life? No, I'm gonna do this no, 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 man. I was I think I was making ten bucks an hour working behind the front desk at the nutrition place, and this was going to pay me like fifteen or something like that. And so for me, it was like, man, this is just a $5 raise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm 20 years yeah, old, yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even thinking past Friday night. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> and uh, I was a sport management major. The reason I switched from general studies to sport management is because I had, Jerry Maguire probably came out in like 98 yep. or 99, yeah, I and I remember, so that was like three or four years prior to this, but I remember watching that and thinking, man, like, I want to do what that guy does, like be a sports agent, yeah. and so I had no idea what how to become a sports agent, but that sport management kind of sounded like the path, mm-hmm. and so, you know, if you had asked me when I was 20, like, what are you doing, what are you going to do, I was like, man, well, I'm going to be a sports agent, and then, you know, and then I found out you have to go to law school, and then I found, <laughs> and I was like, man, I don't want to be a sports agent, so I just started private training, uh, I remember my first cl- client, I was, so it was 2003, I actually had just turned 21, her name was Kathy Coppers, she drove in from Navasota to train with me, she was uh, at the school over there, and really, it, it just, to be honest with you, Chris, it was just taking care of each person who I train, yeah. like, you know, to the level of, you know, excellence that I believed at that time was to provide them with a great service, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just connecting with people. And I loved working out. So, like, coming up with workouts and, you know, helping them in their fitness was, I mean, it really was easy for yeah. me. It wasn't hard. Um, and then connecting with people was easy. It's just being interested in someone. And so, I started really enjoying it, and, and, and so you probably you, you probably started to develop a passion for it. Absolutely, like, this is about so so you're starting to develop this passion, and then what what's kind of the next? You're doing the personal training with Cliff in the back room, yeah. or you know wherever that was. What was kind of the next big jump after that? Yeah, so I did that all throughout my junior year, senior year, and I, I'm really enjoying it. And now I've got more clients, and then I actually did the whole five-year undergrad program. So yeah, five years without a master's. And, <laughs> five uh, years of my life, college. and so that fifth year, you know, and I was taking classes. So back in back in that time, sport management had a lot of, an, it had anatomy uh, one and two, it had biomechanics. Um, it, it had a lot of tough classes, management 209, uh, marketing, finance. So it, it really was not an easy curriculum, but I was finding myself training every hour I wasn't in school. So like my, so whereas I started with one client in my junior year, I mean, by that summer I had probably four clients. And by the end of the senior year, I probably had 10 clients. And then my whole fifth year, I was private training like 35 hours a week 
you know, waking up at four, I remember several mornings that I would wake up and my college roommates were still awake from the night before in the garage or in, you know, and then I would go to the gym or the private studio, the Nutritech to train my 5am client. And, uh, you know, I was just, I just loved it. It was great. It was something that was a, like you said, it was a passion. And then that summer, so, you know, at that point, by that, I've been doing it two, a little over two years. I really felt like, okay, maybe maybe I'm going to hang around College Station and get my master's. Obviously, I was in a really serious relationship. You know, I met Alicia in 2003. We started dating. Um, we were still together by this time. So I, I had a huge reason to stay in College Station because she was still in school. Um, and, and also, I had 22 private training clients, 23 private training clients that I loved. And so it was like everything was telling me to stick around. And so that summer, sport management makes you do an internship. And so I did an internship where I actually created it through Cliff and Nutritech. And really, it just allowed me to train more and not have to interrupt my training with going back to school, you know, because I was, you know, at the the studio, three or four clients, and then go to the school and then come back to the studio and then I worked out. And so it was, it was a really busy schedule, but I really liked that, you know. So that summer, I think the the peak hours I got to was like fifty five hours a week of private training that summer, wow. my senior, my fifth year. Yeah. And that, that's more than most actual <laughs> jobs, uh, you know, forty hour work week. So you're already yeah. fifty five hours a week. Yeah. That, and that's you know, I, I will say that's one of the things that I've always I've always admired about you, Charlie, was the way that you're just motivated and the way you attack life and everything you do, whether it's getting up at 4.30 in the morning, right, to, to, to go train clients while your buddies are coming in at 20 years old, you know, 21 years old or coming in from Northgate or whatever, or whether it's attacking a workout or to whether, whether you, you the way you run this business. So Thanks, man. We'll get back on track here. You're, um, yeah, so basically after that, the next big thing was graduating. So, you know, typically graduating from college will bring a job, right? I yeah, mean, that's yeah. the goal. Well, I kind of had a job that I was working really 50 plus hours a week and that I loved. So that, Alicia and I went on a cruise kind of for a week to celebrate that graduation. And then I came back and at, the, at that time, Cliff was a dear friend of mine. I mean, I learned so much from him and he obviously saw something in me and gave me an opportunity to train. Um, and, and when I came back, we had a conversation and kind of what we ended up deciding I was I was going to move on. So I was going to be done tr- training at Nutritech and at the time I was actually working out at the Aggieland Fitness Dome. So uh, Cliff and I would actually both go work out over there cuz the training studio that we were training in, I mean it had dumbbells and it had a power rack, but we ended up, you know, and we were doing CrossFit back then. So I would go and I loved doing back and buys and mm-hmm. chest and tries mm-hmm. and yeah. all the machines and so the dome, I was a member since day one. I remember signing up the day they opened. And I knew they had independent trainers, and I, and I knew that people that worked there didn't necessarily work for the dome. So I had actually went and spoke to the owner, and, and he told me that I could come train there. And actually, uh, 22 of those 23 clients wanted to continue working out with me. And so Labor Day 2005, I would say it was like the next big step because now I was working independently as a private trainer at the Aggieland Fitness Dome um, and still didn't know what the next move was you know and I don't think I've ever known the next move (laughs) until probably now I I have a feeling that I I have direction you know what I mean it's not I mean nobody can tell 
you what's going to happen tomorrow or in yeah. two years or in 10 years. Um, but there is a difference between knowing where you're going and not knowing where you're going. And I feel like back then I had no idea. I mean, I was literally living in the moment, right? It's like, I knew I loved training people. I knew I loved working out and I knew I loved those 22 training clients and yeah. I knew I loved Alicia. And I was like, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Yep. And then within the, a month, so now is at the dome training 55 or so hours, you know, those 22 clients, some came more often, some came less often per week. So I had clients came once a week, three times a week, five days a week. And, uh, but within a month, now I'm in a public setting, right? I'm in a gym and there's a lot of people that see me training clients and they saw me working out probably before this, but now I got people that are asking me, Hey, do you have any availability? Hey, you know, and I'm, you know, I I did, obviously there's way more than 55 hours in a week, (laughs) but, but I'm pretty much at a point where I was pretty full. Right. So, so I started taking on more clients and, you know, I I took on clients on Saturdays, which I never did in the past. So Cliff never took clients on Saturdays. So I kind of never took clients on Saturdays. Well, now I'm taking in clients on Saturdays. You know, I'm, I'm there from five to nine uh, PM. And I think I reached like 70 hours training. And, but you know, one of the things is I always worked out. Like I never became one of those trainers that never like that yeah. got so busy. I, I just loved it. It's, yeah. it really is a passion, you know? And so, um, I knew that I was going to have to either start telling people no mm-hmm. or come up with something, uh, a solution. So, so I, I, there was a guy who I knew who worked out at the dome and I asked him, his name was James. And I said, James, would you be interested in being a personal trainer? And so uh, he said yes. He was kind of juggling a couple jobs at the time, and and he said sure. So I basically, you know, he got his Cooper Institute certification, shadowed me for two weeks, and then I think I handed him over at that time, probably like thirty hours of training. Wow. Um, you know, I just uh, obviously, you know, talked to some of the newer clients and said, hey, this is James. He, you know, he's going to be a part of the team. He's working for me now, and. Um, and then it kind of just, you know, and then a month later he started getting super busy and I was already super busy. So I hired another person, yep. uh, a guy named Spencer. And, um, and then that was kind of closing out 2005. Just now I'm me and two other guys and, and doing a lot of training at the gym. So let me ask in 2005, <clears throat> CrossFit was still really underground, right? So you said you mentioned earlier that you were doing CrossFit. You were you were you you would Cliff would would do no CrossFit. we didn't you do, did CrossFit. do CrossFit. No, I had no idea what CrossFit okay, was. Okay, okay. So CrossFit hadn't made the scene yet, mm-hmm. right? So you're 2005. You said a couple years later. Now I'm assuming you're moving. You're, you're the next step, right? Is you're going to move this these clients at Aggieland uh, at the, at the Dome, and you're going to do your own thing, right? Well, and it was kind of so I didn't even have that much thought in mind to be honest with you. So I went from Cliffs to the Dome. And, you know, really was just enjoying being there. And it wasn't until 2008 that I moved away from the dome. And uh, so we were there for 2005, six, seven, and then eight. And the, the reason I actually got my CrossFit certification was that guy who worked for me, Spencer, who I told you guys on this uh, just now about, he was going to his level one certification. He was coming through College Station uh, so we got a workout in together. He's telling me about it. And this wasn't the week of, he was actually coming in like the end of 2007. He's telling me about CrossFit. We're catching up. And I said, what's CrossFit? You know, and he, you know, I don't even know how he explained it. 
But I said, how much is it? You know, he said a thousand bucks. I said, when is it? And he told me, and it was in May of 08. I go, I'll, I'll go with you. And so I signed up, but I'd never actually been to CrossFit.com. Even after I signed up, yeah. never watched a video. I mean, 2008, CrossFit was so far away yes. from where it is today. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't like, Facebook didn't even really exist in 2008. I mean, I, I maybe had an account, but I was never on it. So media in general wasn't a big deal. So I go in May of 2008, and I literally fell in love with this thing. I love the education. I love the knowledge. I love the program. I love the science. I love the workout. Um, it was a great, it was, I wasn't burnt out by any means on the types of workouts that I was doing. And I, you know, felt like the, types of workouts I had my clients doing. I wasn't burnt out at all. But CrossFit just gave me this new fire for fitness, you know, and it kind of reintroduced this passion for sport, for com competition, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that I think everybody has inside of them. I don't think that, you know, I mean, everybody, you put somebody, you say, oh, I'm not very competitive, you know, and then you put a clock and you put them in a class with 10 people and yeah. it's like, okay, yeah. you're not competitive. Yeah. It's impossible. <laughs> so, so that uh, the reason I had left the dome or originally, you know, left the dome was I the dome at the time they hadn't expanded and, and people that live here saw them build out this basketball court in this bigger space. They had just originally been a dome with no classroom space. And I thought there was gonna be this trend because now I'm in the fitness industry and I'm kinda at this point where I'm like, all right, I got like seven people that work for me. Maybe I sh th this is kind of what I'm doing. So it was never like I woke up one day and I was like, okay, I'm a, I'm a grown up with my own business. No, it was just like, take care of, you know, hire, okay, you need to hire someone, hire someone, you know, just do what needs to be done, you know, pick up the trash, pick up the trash, take out the trash, take out the trash. It's just kind of like, you just do what you need to do, take care of people. Um, and so the uh, opportunity that I saw, because we were offering some offsite boot camps at the time. So we had uh, one trainer specifically, who, her name was Jamie, who was over all those boot camps. And I saw this kind of group class, group training model taking off. And I thought, man, people may want to do that. And all we're offering is private training. There may be an opportunity for us to actually capture a new audience. And so I started looking at some space and I found a space that was across the street from where our building is now. It was a dance studio, Expressions Dance Studio, and they were moving out to Welburn, which is where yeah, they are yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Paul, one of the owners, he worked out at the Dome and he actually showed me the space. And I said, dude, this is perfect. It was 1,800 square feet. And I said, man, this looks like exactly what I'm looking for. They were moving out in August. So I negotiated something with him. I just took over his lease. He was renting from Party Time Rentals. It worked mm -hmm. out great. And then whenever I let the guy know that owned the Dome, he wasn't a big fan of me opening the second space. And so pretty much like, he asked me to leave because he didn't want me to keep. He felt like me training somewhere else and training at the Dome, but he didn't like that. So um, seven trainers, about 100-something clients, and really on a Tuesday afternoon, we packed it up and we moved over and wow. we started training out of this 1,800-square-foot wow. uh, wow. space. And so what we did then, that was in Labor Day, iron, you know, the irony of that time of year, that was around that time of year, 2008, and... Uh, we did private training and then we started offering CrossFit. We started offering um, spin classes. We started offering uh, kind of like a combination of different classes. So Pilates, yoga. So I was going to say, talk to me about, because obviously 
this is building better people. And, and yeah. although you do have a fit, you do have a personal training studio now. I mean, I think the majority of people who probably listen to this do CrossFit. So let's branch off a little bit from the personal training yeah. side, and maybe we could talk more about that on the other side. But let's 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 talk about what I'll just call the CrossFit phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. You go, you go to this, you go to this. Uh, you say, yeah, I'll go with Spencer. I'll do this. I'll yeah. pay a thousand dollars. I'll go do. It. You fall in love with it, and then there 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 couldn't have been too many gyms, if not you know maybe just one at, at the time that I was offering it. What did that? I mean, did you really know what you were getting into when you started CrossFit here? Did you just think, hey, this is going to be one of those things that kind of fizzles out, but it's hot right now, I can make some money, or, yeah. or, or what? No, and that, I would say that wasn't my thought at all, because my thought at all wasn't to make money, because I was already, that was my business. So it'd be no different than you going to continuing education yeah. for your line yeah. of work. Yeah. So for me, it was like, how can I implement this into what I had no idea that CrossFit was going to become such a large program and that it was going to take off. Um, but I knew that I enjoyed it. I mean, it was funny. Yeah. The Monday after I got back from my certification, I had, you know, I don't think anybody had ever had people going out the back door of the gym, of the dome, running around the building and coming back in. Oh, yeah. And I, had, I mean, it, it, yes. Yeah. And I had one of the people who was one of the instructors at the level one come and teach my staff uh, about CrossFit because I really felt. And, you know, at that time, you know, a lot of people were not, you know, they didn't like the idea of it. I mean, sure, if sure. it wasn't, they, they weren't super open-minded to it. I think I only had like one or two trainers that were like, oh, okay, I'll try it with yeah. you. But my workouts looked completely different. And then so much so that when I got my certification in May of 08, that same instructor that I had uh, come teach my staff, he owned a little garage gym here. And I went to his garage for that whole summer, pay for three months and worked out. Wow. And learned how to do overhead squats, yep. how to kettle, how to do kettlebell swings, wow. how to do kipping pull-ups. I mean, that was not something you did in the dome or any no, gym for anyway. that matter. No global you know, gym. Yeah, you, you don't walk in and be like, oh, there's kettlebells, cool, you yeah. know, or barbells and yeah. bumpers. I mean, I remember coming back to the dome and I asked the owner, because I was still at the dome in May of 08, and I said, hey, do you have any bumper plates? And he gave me these like today. They, I mean, they were these like 35 pound, but they just weren't what yeah. we know. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. the whole industry has changed and morphed to fit around CrossFit. But um, I did find that the I love the workouts, and you know it's you just have certain people that enjoyed it, and then those people start that number of people starts growing. And I honestly, Chris, if I look at it from like a business standpoint, like 2008 was when the economy crashed, and I really believe, and our private training business was doing well, but what I believe CrossFit did was it introduced this new price point to the market. So. You know, it used to be like pay $30 a month at Gold's mm-hmm. or whatever gym or hire a trainer and you're going to end up spending anywhere from four to, you know, $700 a month. Yep. Yep. CrossFit introduced this 100 to $150 model yeah. that took off. And what I see now is that you've got all these other places that are thriving off of that model, which is not CrossFit, not but like CrossFit. Orange Theory yep. Fitness, yep. Yoga Pod, right. you know, exactly Spin right. Classes, yep. got Studio Cycle yep. or Soul exactly right. yep. Soul Cycle in the That's North, yep. and so CrossFit and, and plus CrossFit's an awesome program, yep. right? Yep. But it introduced this boot camps 
So boot camps were great because what boot camps introduced to the market, if anybody remembers back in, they kind of got start trending in 05, 06 in Houston. And then like 06, 07, they, by the time they got to College Station, it was like late 06, early 07. We were already doing them in 07. We had boot camps with 40 people, yep. you know. And what that introduced to the market was community. And CrossFit obviously had that going on since it started. So you got 2008 where these two things kind of came together where you got community and a price point that worked for the new market and it just boomed. And so CrossFit just was prepared and equipped to handle that because of the way that they're structured organizationally. It's a cheap, uh, you know, it doesn't cost much to start a CrossFit gym. Your affiliate dues aren't much. The equipment, if we're comparing it to a normal business, isn't that much. So you started having all these gyms, you know, spread all over. And then it's just like each gym has community, but it was sustainable yeah. because of the year round weather or being indoors for the most yeah. part. So it was a very, um, you know, explosive growth. You know, we didn't start seeing it in College Station, I would say, because I affiliated that in that summer I trained, I worked out at that guy's garage and then he was moving to Fort Worth and I affiliated in August. And so... Um, you know, I would say CrossFit didn't take off. Like we opened our location. I had to, I ended up opening a second location because we were at this 1800 square foot space, party time rentals, uh, leasing out, subleasing out. And then uh, 2009, I'd visited a few CrossFit gyms. Like I'd been out to CrossFit Invictus. We were at a wedding mm-hmm. in San Diego. And so I worked out over there for a few. And, and you know, at the time, it was literally just the closest CrossFit from where my hotel was. Yeah, like yeah. CrossFit yeah, Invictus yeah. was not what everybody thinks it is today. So I just, we were staying downtown. I was like, well, here's one that's two miles from our hotel. This is where I'm going to work out. Or, you know, I've been to Austin, worked out CrossFit Central, you know, Spencer actually opened Dallas Central. So I'd been to his gym a few times. Um, So I started visiting so many gyms that I realized like what I needed to do. In other words, like the private training studio was not really outfitted and equipped to be a CrossFit gym. And so I thought, you know what, I need to open a second location. So I always felt like the Texas Holloman intersection was really busy and I thought it'd be a great location just because of the amount of traffic and people that drive by. And so I was able to get into a space there for, uh, for really cheap, which, you know, real, real estate, man, like Texas Holloman, you know, so it it doesn't look the way that it looks today, but it's where that optic lens place is. Total nutrition Mm -hmm. is there. We had a little 1200 square foot space. And that's where we really launched what I would consider a CrossFit gym. Um, because what we were doing before was only offering CrossFit Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings, like 5.30, Tuesday, Thursday afternoons at 4.30. You know, if I look back to that those days, you know, uh, Sean Parrish from Brad's Fellowship, yeah, yeah. Brian Lender, those guys yeah. were kind of some of my first guinea pigs. Yeah. Um, and then like Amy McCoy would come in the morning and there was a few other people that would come. But basically our programming was more like, Okay, look on somebody else's website that morning, like, you know, CrossFit Omaha or Coronado CrossFit. Grab a workout, it It looked fun. And that was my own personal programming too. So it'd be like, go to all these different blogs because everybody posts their workout. Find the one that really looks like it sucks the most. And that's what we're doing. And if we finish early, we're going to do another Metcon. And that was kind of how we did CrossFit back then. And, uh, and, and of course, so much of it has changed. 
programming is so much more uh, intense and in depth mm. and thoughts put into it and uh, I mean just those the sport has yeah. evolved but those were the early days so 2009 man we we kind of launched what I consider what I mean by a, a official CrossFit gym was because we had morning classes every day and evening classes every day mm-hmm. and so that was and we were on the corner of the busiest intersection in, Brack, in College Station at the time and probably still today and we had two big signs that I put up, College Station CrossFit, with the website collegestationcrossfit.com. We gave two weeks free and just exploded. I mean, within a year, I think we were at like 80 members. Wow. You know, starting with like eight, you yeah. know. And so, um, and people loved it. You and know? Reebok helped a little bit. Too, <laughs> well, and that was, so that wasn't until 2011. And I don't know, honestly, if Reebok helped, like if I look at it from an affiliate standpoint, like a business owner, honestly, the people who help the most is CrossFit. Yeah. Because they do a better job than anyone in marketing. Yeah. Like they are a media company. Yep. And the interesting thing is they don't have to, you know, they choose to now because they're on sport or ESPN and mm-hmm. things. They, mm-hmm. they really don't have to spend a lot of, the, the only thing they had to spend money on is people that know how to video, yeah. take pictures, post it because all their channels are through social, social media. media, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, you know, they are kings at media mm-hmm. and they have just taken over this space, you know, on, on the social mm-hmm. platforms and that helps affiliates because now you got people that know what CrossFit is. Whereas in 2009, <clears throat> when we had that sign up, people were just curious. We used to be called the crazies on Texas yeah. Home and yeah. next door to Starbucks, you know, because yeah. we had people outside jumping on boxes, yeah. you know, yeah. throwing What's balls at the, the yeah. Yeah. sign yeah. and doing things that nobody had ever seen people do. Yeah. And then in 2010 was when we moved into this That's building. Cool. And that was uh, kind of an opportunity to make the private training mm-hmm. and the CrossFit. Because be, having two locations and being one owner is, is tough, right? Because mm-hmm. you're just kind of like, you want to be able to have your hands on things and see things. And so, you know, having the Texas Holloman and then, you know, and then the Ponderosa and then saying, you know what, this is an opportunity to actually kind of have both businesses. Now, this building didn't look anything like it looks today. Uh, but we could do the private training inside. We could do the CrossFit in the, in the outside space. And, and this, you know, is kind of where, where we ended up in 2010. So you mentioned earlier, and I, really, I think we got probably about 10 or 15 more minutes. You mentioned earlier this idea of community, right? And, and you said that's what sets CrossFit apart from some, or sets boot camp apart was community. And the CrossFit kind of adopted, adopted that community. Now, me personally, having never owned a gym before, just worked out in a bunch of... I think community is, is what makes or breaks gyms, me personally. And so I think what you have done here and what you and Alicia have done here is somehow, and, and this is what I'd like to spend the next, the final moments talking about, is somehow you guys have developed this unbelievable community that's passionate about CrossFit, that is caring, that are some of the best people in the world to be around. I look around at some of these 18 to 20 year olds you hire and they are more mature than I was five years ago and they're 20 years older than me and and I know it's not because you're extremely lucky and you just happen to hire all these good people and get all these good clients and I really believe it's because of this community and I know you've you've worked hard to kind of put a mission statement to building better people and you've also worked hard, you know, really to associate your business with Christ and with God. And, you know, you treat this as his. And I think that all plays into the community thing. So 
I'd kind of like to finish this up with a, um, here's what the community looked like in the beginning and here's what it looks like now. And how did, you know, how did it get to that? Cause I will be honest, I got here in 2014 and the community didn't look like it does today. Mm-hmm. Something's changed in that three years since I've been there. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome question. And, and I think it, it kind of even starts back with what I said earlier. Uh, it connected in a different way, but I said, when you don't know where you're going, right? You're just living in the moment. It's kind of what I was doing or what I was doing when I was training. I didn't know where I was going. I just knew that I loved training people and I knew that I loved working out, but I really didn't have like clarity on where I was going. You can have the same thing in your family, right? You can be like, you could be living in the moment, right? Feeding kids, you know, raising kids, like dropping them off places, going to work, you know, you know, sneaking in meals, but not know where you're going. So the difference today is I know exactly where I'm going. And what I mean by that, it's not like I know what the future holds. I just have values that I live by and I hire by and I operate by and I communicate. So it's like a family that has values that they live by and um, you know they communicate those values you know the way we raise our kids is very intentional mm-hmm. like we don't know what's gonna happen in five years or ten years or twenty years but we can tell you that the way that we're raising them is very intentional mm-hmm. and so the difference between what the gym has today as opposed to when I started it was I'm today I am incredibly intentional about everything that I do in the direction that I'm taking the business. And and that starts with me. It starts with more, every morning I wake up, Chris, and you know this, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm on my knees, literally, just asking God to use me in whatever way he wants to, in whatever conversations I'm gonna have. Um, I'm thankful, right, for my family, for the gifts and, and the blessings in our lives. Um, and any any other specific prayer that might need to be prayed for someone who who is hurting or going through a tough time, and then from that point on, I go and I spend you know about forty five minutes just in uh, I, it varies time to time, but I'll spend some time with uh, some scripture in a devotional. Um, then you know I'll, I'll journal sometimes, or I'm you know reading a book that's that that first forty five minutes I wouldn't trade for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth waking up 90 minutes before somewhere I have to be. And so that's the beginning. And then it goes to starting with clients, right? And taking care of private training or, you know, having quarterly reviews with trainers or meeting with people that, you know, for whatever reason, appointments. And so I, I just, uh, I'm very much a focused person today, whereas before I wasn't, you know, I mean, if you wanted to work for me, <laughs> I would hire you. You know, I'm like, man, somebody yeah. actually wants to work yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Whereas now it's like, you know, I mean, just I, I'm a lot more. Uh, I'm looking for specific things, right? I'm looking sure. for humility yeah. in people. I'm looking for people who already buy into this culture and this um, gyms beliefs systems and passion and integrity and community. And the fact that we see working out as, yes, we love it and would argue we love it a little excessively, but that's why we're trainers. And But the idea that, look, there's more to life than just fitness. Like we're building better people, 
because we understand that if they're here exercising, they're going to become better versions of themselves. And, you know, every person on the staff gets that. You know, every person on the staff possesses the values that we have as a gym. Every person on the staff, uh, will, I would say, respects the culture. In other words, they, they probably appreciate and respect it. And so, you know, I didn't have values in terms of business values 10 years ago. I, you know, I didn't have, and those, that's what gives you, like, when you have purpose and you know exactly what you're called to do and how you're called to live, then you have direction, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's why there's so much power in, like, creating a budget for your family because it's like, okay, now we have boundaries. You know, we can only spend X amount of dollars on restaurants. We can only, we have to save X amount of dollars, you know. And so it gives you direction. It doesn't mean you you know exactly what's going to happen in 10 years or even six months. But it, you know where you're going. Like you have a plan, you know. It's kind of like a person comes in to train with me. It's like this is what they want to do and where they want to go. So we got to create some values or goals, right, or you know, that we're going to structure their plan around, you know, it might be, we're not going to drink soft drinks or we're, you know, might be, we're going to work out four days a week. So, you know, the gym has values. The gym has purpose and direction and it's easy. You know, it's kind of like for, for me, I kind of share the, the morning and how I start my morning because it reminds me of what's important. You see what I mean? So if I don't do that every day, because often I'll forget. At, well, no, I do forget every day at various times throughout the day. Every morning I'm reminded of my purpose and my values. Reading those things and spending time with the Lord reminds me what I need. To, you know, so many times I'm reminded in those mornings about humility. There's so many times I'm reminded in those mornings about my wife being the most important person in my life. There's so many mornings... I'm reminded that the thing that I think is such a big deal is not a big deal. And so for me, that's an opportunity to recenter myself, right? And get back in a position. Now, if I don't do it every day, let's say I didn't do it for a week. Well, I'm so far away from even knowing, you know, so, so, you know, I understand that because I'm put in charge of this gym, man, I have to be very focused and very disciplined in, in the way I, I operate and live and lead my life. And I think, I think that's awesome how that translates into, you know, your values, you're able to translate into this gym. And I think most of the people that are in this gym and that you've hired, all the people you've hired, but, but even, the, which is, I think even a greater phenomenon is most people that are in this gym have those same values so again i don't know if it's i don't think it's because you're extremely lucky and people just come in and sign up it's because of what you've built here and what you've you the you mentioned culture earlier right the culture that you have built here um so this will be the final question i'll ask and i I think this will be a good one to end on is um when people on the street in college station say hear about crossfit college station what what do you want them to think about when they hear the name CrossFit College Station? What should enter into their? What as a business owner would be your top? What should enter into their mind? I would hope that people just realize that we take care of people. 
And it all goes back to doing the little things, right? They organize their equipment's not just laying around and you know it's put away nicely and they they actually mop the floors at their gym. They make sure their restrooms are clean. So I would hope that they would say that even if they, whether they've been a part of this gym at some point or been here as a guest or they've heard from people who do work out here, they just realize that, you know, I mean, th th those people know how to run and operate a business and take care of people, that we're doing it first class. Right. I think that's a good spot to end, yeah. Charlie. Awesome, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks, brother. All right, man. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast, where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.